The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are taking your questions for the final preseason Q&A from ballboysnba.com. Let's go! talking about practice. LeBron James with no regard for human life. Everything's basketball. Back out to Allen. His three-pointer. Curry for three. Wow. Unbelievable. Making it rain in New York. We the North are now we the champions. Not the destination. G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys NBA and on Instagram at Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball. This is going to be the final Q&A uh, podcast, at least for the preseason, that we're going to be doing, answering your questions, all the subscriber questions from ballboysnba.com. Uh, if you want your questions answered, we will be continuing to do these podcasts into the NBA season itself. Uh, I'm planning to do it uh, once a week um, into the season until the fantasy playoffs. These ones won't be coming out on YouTube after the season starts. They will just be uploaded onto the uh, website itself, probably more so in just a uh, audio form um, instead of having the whole video along with it to answer all of your questions. So if you do still want your questions answered, head over to ballboysnba.com, sign up and get the uh, draft guide. Make sure you can do that. I think I'm planning on doing a like in-season subscription option. So if you are sort of late to the party and you want to get to your in-season script, uh, subscription, you can do that and get access to the in-season um, Q&A podcast. It'll probably be a cheaper rate. Uh, I'm thinking it might just be like 2 or $3, just so you can get access to those Q&As. Uh, obviously, you'll miss out on these uh, the, the pre-draft um, rankings. Unless you have your draft late, then sure, you can go grab that. But I probably won't be doing any updates to those rankings after the season starts. So you can head over there and grab that and join the uh, subscriber party and get all your questions answered, um, covering all sorts of things, how to uh, improve your team, um, they can be as specific as you want to your league as you can. If you are asking team-specific questions, make sure you give me as much information as you can. You know, if it's an auction league, how much, uh, what's your total budget, how many teams, all of those things. Um, if you have more than the standard nine categories, let me know which categories they are. 
all those sort of things, etc., etc. So let me know as much as you can when you do ask those questions. But we have got a few questions to get through today. So let's get stuck into it. Question number one for this uh, podcast is in the form of punting blocks and rebounds with a two center league, uh, with uh, a league with two center positions. Um, what scenario would I consider punting blocks in leagues with two centers? And how do I know when my team is good enough? Uh, in order to be in consideration uh, to win those categories, how many blocks, rebounds, etc., should my team have? Is there any thresholds, and is there a tool that you can help keep track during your drafts? So this is a good question, very, very good question. It is um, something that can be tough to keep track of if you don't have specific tools available to you. It is something that I do want to eventually have on the ballboysmba.com uh, as an option. It requires a little bit more uh, technical knowledge. For for myself to set up, so um, we don't have anything like that at the moment, but it is something that I hope to, to bring to the website soon um, in, in coming seasons, but whilst that's still coming, uh, I will give a free plug here to Basketball Monster, um, Josh Lloyd, uh, is the lead analyst over there. You, you guys probably know him very much. So he, they do have really good job in terms of projections and draft trackers and things like that. It's a fabulous tool. Obviously, you'll get access to his projections, which may differ from my own and other analysts. So his projections will be there and keeping track on how things are looking. And from there, you can have a look at, okay, how am I sitting compared to the other teams as each round finishes? Um, it does give you a, a, a decent idea, but I guess what I am considering is, okay, what players do I have left that will contribute big boost into those categories, and are they guys that fit my build? For example, if I'm punting blocks, like how many good blocks guys are there available, and are they guys that I can stomach their free throw percentage, for example? So I don't want to be grabbing someone like a Clint Capella if I'm really trying to look after my free throw percentage. I don't really want to be grabbing someone like Mitchell Robinson. Um, I'm happy to grab Jaron Jackson Jr. if I don't mind waiting for him. You know, I'm, I'm looking for players like Jabari Smith, who will give me maybe a block per game. Miles Turner is a good guy, won't hurt my free throws. Kristaps Porzingis. But once those guys are off the board, it can be hard to find players like that. So for a typical league, and again, this does vary because sometimes you might have a team that hoards all the, the big rebounds and blocks players. So um, it can be very uh, league dependent. But on average, you're looking for about... Six rebounds is a good sort of level. If you can be six or above, you're looking pretty strong in that category. Five and a half, you might be able to beat some of the teams, but if you're closer to five rebounds per game across your team, you're going to be pretty bad in that category. So you might as well look to punt that moving forward. Um, Blocks, if you can get anywhere close to one block per game, you're looking really, really good. If you're down around half a block, you're very poor in that category. Um... I'd say average might be 0.7 blocks. So 0.7 blocks would be about average. But this year especially, it's going to fluctuate very wildly. Um, you might only need one good guy in blocks to be competitive in, in that area because they are, it is such concentrated in that sort of spot. Um, so again, it, it is more difficult to sort of gauge that question. Um, my thing would be always to make sure that you consider your entire build. Um, and yeah, again, for a lot of the times I do find this season in particular when I am punting blocks, I was punting blocks in the Locked On Fantasy Basketball. 
I wasn't going to go with the punt rebound strategy as well, but I ended up needing to because I felt like these centers were just going too high for where I wanted to draft them. They weren't providing me enough value at the spots they were being drafted at, so I just wasn't getting any that I was happy with at the time. So I just decided to, okay, I'm just going to forget that and move on and not worry about rebounds. So what I guess it for, for me, it was just about, okay, where can I get these centers and these guys that rebound in different spots? And um, am I happy to be drafting them here? If I'm not, am I happy to reach for the next guy? Or do I then go, you know what, stuff it. I'm just going to draft Clay Thompson and and punt that rebounds because uh, I'm just not going to get the value to really catch up, whereas I can just consolidate my threes, consolidate my points and look elsewhere. So that would be the biggest thing for me is just decide when you are happy to draft these guys that provide you those stats. And if you can't do it, then just move on to something else. All right, question number two. Uh, Do you see having two injury reserve or ILIR spots changing the draft rankings and who would you target? It definitely changes it if you have zero. So if you have no injured reserve spots, then absolutely it changes. You're not drafting those guys like Jaron Jackson Jr., Robert Williams, you're just not going to touch them. There's no point because they're just going to sit on your your waiver wire, uh, sorry, on your bench and clog up a spot. Uh, again, I'm assuming you're talking about a head-to-head daily changes league, which is the most common. If you're in a weekly changes or in a roto league, it has less of an impact. In fact, very little because your bench almost acts like an injured reserve or an injured IL spot uh, because you don't need to use that that bench to keep, keep cycling through. Um but for yeah, the daily changes, head-to-head leagues, obviously, I think that most teams, almost leagues, should have at least two IL spots, if not three. It does make a little bit of those injury-prone guys, like a Kawhi Leonard, for example, um, more okay to stomach because if you have someone like that is going that you know is going to miss games, you can put them on the IR or the IL spot grab someone off the waiver wire and then stream them through. You don't lose all of their value. You only lose the difference between their value and the player that you're adding. Um, And again, if your league size is bigger, that value difference will be greater. So it's harder to use those guys. If your league is smaller, then the, the difference is smaller. So those guys who are a bit more risky at the start of drafts, Kawhi, um, Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving, that is easier to stomach because you're grabbing someone off the wire who still has pretty good value. So in a deeper league format, I think that has more of an impact. Um, two IL versus one. I mean, you just got to keep track of how many injured guys you're drafting or how many injury-prone guys you are drafting. To me, I'm not too worried unless it is a guy that I'm drafting that is currently injured. If I'm just thinking that a guy is injury-prone, I don't really take it into consideration. But if I've got... Um, for example, in the, the Pro 20 League that we're doing from Fantasy Basketball International, we just have one injured reserve spot, but we only have eight players across our roster in 20 teams. So I grabbed Markel Fultz. That meant that I'm not going to grab anyone else who is injured or potentially injured for the start of the season. Whereas if I had two, then maybe I'd be okay taking a flyer in my last round with another injured guy and grabbing someone off the waiver wire. But yeah, it's it's not a huge change to my rankings depending on... Uh, question number three, a uh, little sort of website question. Will there be a quick 
cheat sheet like an Excel so we can look things up with your ranking and punt categories. Thank you. Um, unfortunately not. Like I said before, this is something that requires a bit more technical expertise than I possess right now. So it is something that I will be doing in future seasons. Um, my, my strategy for the website at the moment was just to do... Um, these rankings, the Q&A podcast, as well as some articles that I'll be producing as well into the season. Uh, and just just staying there, staying in my lane for now. Um, at the moment, it, it's all me. I'm doing all of the work myself. Um, so it's just a lot for me to take on and learn at the moment. So that is the reason. But as I get more comfortable and more knowledgeable when it comes to website design, I will be looking to add some of these things in. I'm looking to make sure that we're going to be adding uh, points league rankings is something that I definitely want to do. I want to be adding a projections where you can actually sort through the projections that I have and you can see them in a spreadsheet form. And then also similar to like a, a basketball monster style where, where we do have punt rankings based on my projections that you can cycle through and you can, you can sort them out a little bit easier. Again, it's just, um, going to be probably the next season or two that that comes out. Um, just time restrictions uh, at the moment and, and knowledge restrictions. So uh, I appreciate you guys just checking out the podcast and checking out the website and the rankings as it is right now. Um, we will have some of those things in the future, um, of course. Uh, but yeah, uh, be patient, guys. Next season, it will be there. But keep checking back into the questions and the um, ask me away as much as you can. Um, question number four. All right, we've got a points league question. So in a points league, name three players you see taking the biggest step this season amongst the last year's top 120 players. So biggest step forward this season. Again, I, off the top of my head, I don't know exactly if all three of these guys are top 120 players last year. In fact, I think two of them maybe not, but they're going to take a huge step forward. So I'm calling these guys the biggest breakouts in a points league format. Number one, uh, for me, pretty clearly, it's Alperen Sengun. I think he's going to be great in a points league. He's going to get lots of rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, decent points. You don't have to worry about his percentages, which might be a bit below par. He's not going to shoot many threes. Don't have to worry about that. The turnovers are really high, in especially in the, the leagues where you know you get negative one and a half points per turnovers. Maybe the step forward isn't quite as big because I still expect those turnovers to be pretty high for a player like Shengun. Um, but he is number one. Number two is his teammate, Jalen Green. I think you're going to see a big step up from him this season. I can see him scoring north of 23 points per game. Um, you know, he might raise his assists as well. I can see potential for those steals to come up. So he has definitely potential to be putting up um, pretty good fantasy points this season. And then the last guy here, traditionally you might think of him as a category league guy, but I think he's going to be good in points leagues as well. And that's Devin Vassell, um, a player that I am very keen on. He's looked much better in the, the Spurs games when Kellen Johnson's been back, as I expected. He's going to be, I reckon, their second leading scorer. Um, pretty close to Keldon Johnson, in my opinion. You're probably going to see more um, assists from Vassell. He's going to be much better in steals. He's not even. He's, he's a pretty decent shot blocker as well for a guard eligible player. He's not going to turn the ball over. So again, good fantasy points from a player like Vassell, and I think he is underrated in a points league format. So there's three breakout players for points leagues. Um, let me know what your thoughts are below. And if you think that there are other guys um, that you think are going to be big breakouts leagues, breakout guys in points leagues in the comments below. 
Um, question number five. Um, we're talking keepers in this one here. So would you rather keep Kyrie and lose a fifth round pick or Kawhi and lose a ninth round pick? And what strategy would you focus on your drafts based on who you kept? I think for both of them, you're looking at it basically a punt blocks strategy. And I think that I would rather lose a ninth round pick and take Kawhi. I think that they're going to be pretty close in a per game value point of view. The only thing about Kawhi that worries me is the playoff schedule, but I still think that the difference between your fifth and ninth round pick is enough for me to still go Kawhi Leonard. Kyrie Irving, I definitely am taking maybe a round earlier than Kawhi in a lot of drafts. I feel more confident with him, but I don't know if it's worth the difference between a fifth and a ninth round player because Kawhi is still a really, really good player. Um, You you said it's a nine-category league here, so Kawhi, I think, will be a top-12 guy. Um, the playoff schedule does kind of suck, but I think you can make that up with with the difference between those fifth and ninth round picks. And again, I'd be looking at probably leaning into a punt block strategy, maybe punt field goal percentage, depending on your first picks. But Kawhi's pretty flexible. So you've got a few different options. If there's an obvious value guy there in the early rounds, you can kind of go with who you think the best player is and and then decide after two or three picks. But um, the punt blocks is, is a good strategy for Kawhi as well. He's not going to be contributing a lot in that category. And it, and it just alleviates the stress from having to reach to get some of those guys that their value is concentrated solely in that uh, one area. Um, question, next question here. This person here loves Draymond. Um, interesting player to, to be singling out, but uh, what pick is he worth now? Draymond Green. I think he is, he's very team dependent. If you're punting points, he's probably a top 50 guy. Um, if you're not punting points, he is harder to roster because he's a big hit in that category. He's not going to score over 10 points per game. Um, so I think he's probably someone to look at in the 70s uh, would be about where I'd be looking to draft him. I think that there's going to be some rest coming along for Draymond. His minutes might scale back just a touch with James Wiseman sort of coming back into the fray and taking some minutes at center. So he might play more minutes at power forward. He's probably not as good at power forward than he is at center. So I think there's a little bit of room for him to just fall back another little bit this season. Um, so for me, he's about a, he's, he's a guy that I'd be considering in around the, the 70s in draft. Um, again, it's hard to say with different picks and different values and team builds, but in general, you, you guys would have seen where I have him in... in uh, in drafts, in the rankings. So in the 70s, I think, is where I'd be happy to take him a little bit earlier if I was punting the points category because he's going to give you good rebounds, uh, assists, steals, blocks, and I'm not worried about the fact that he's scoring less than 10 points per game. Um, Next question here, guys. This guy's in a 14-team, nine-category head-to-head league, which also includes free throws made but doesn't include turnovers. Okay. He was in an auction league, and he's punting field goal percentage, but he's got some players at the end of his bench that he might look to cut and some good players on the waiver wire. So the players he's named here, the only one that I would be looking to cut is potentially Aldama or Reggie Jackson. I do think that I would be trying to, and then the the players he's named on the bench here that are on the waiver wire, I think the best ones available are DeAnthony Melton, um, Emmanuel Quickly, and Trey Murphy. I would definitely make the switch between Reggie Jackson and either Trey Murphy and and Melton. 
I think that depending, if you're looking for more steals than Melton, if you want some more threes and points, Trey Murphy, they're just higher upside guys. I don't think Reggie Jackson's upside is all that high with John Wall there, uh, Kawhi and PG coming back into the mix. So I just think that he's low upside. I'd rather take the swing. Aldama is an interesting one. I do I do believe in Aldama, and I think he's worth holding on to. His value is going to be capped, especially once Jaron Jackson Jr. In fact, his value is probably going to be gone altogether when that happens, and he'll move back to the bench. But I do still think that for the time being, he is worth keeping on your roster. So for me, it's Melton or Murphy for Reggie Jackson. Um, if you're really low, I think based on the team that you've sort of submitted here, I don't think you're very low in threes, so perhaps you just keep Aldama and you don't worry about quickly. You could even you could even go Murphy and Melton for Reggie Jackson and Aldama. Murphy's probably got a better chance of keeping value for the entire season. I do really like him. I think he's really good. So, okay. Yeah, the more that I think about it, I would make the switch. Reggie Jackson for Melton and Trey Murphy for Aldama. Um and then see how you go from there. Yeah, I think the the Murphy for Aldama one, I, I'd, I'd flip-flop. I think that the, you could go either way um, for that those guys there. Let's move on to the next question here. This guy here is in a 14-team again, head-to-head nine-category redraft. He's keeping Tatum, Paul George, Lamelo. He's punting field goal percentage, turnovers, and a soft punt on blocks. He's got an auction coming up and limited budget, $20 for four players. He's hunting sleeper slash breakout centers. Um, what are some thoughts? Or should he spend big on one center and pick a low value for others? So for me, the best player in this build and a guy that I'm heavily targeting in these kind of a builds, which I have been doing a fair bit of, is PJ Washington. Absolutely head and shoulders above all the other options here. So PJ Washington would be the best guy that I think you can get in this kind of a build. Um, excellent guy that you can get that's got his value tied up in threes. He's a good assist guy for a center. He'll get you over a steal per game. Um, I think the free throw percentage is, is not going to hurt you. He's not the biggest rebounder for a center, but that's okay. I think that that's fine. He makes it up for in other areas. And a lot of these guys are, aren't the best rebounds. So that's why it's hard to punt the blocks and field goal percentage and still be strong in rebounds. I've found that quite challenging this season. Um, other guys that I really like that you might be able to get for a little bit cheaper, Draymond Green, Al Horford, Kelly Olynyk are guys that you might be able to get on the cheap that I think will provide you good value in that kind of a build. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. is someone that also stands out to me as well. If you can get him cheap because of his injury, I have done that in a lot of drafts. And then the last guy that I've got here to keep in mind for you is Santi Aldama. Especially if you do get Jaron Jackson Jr., maybe save a dollar for Santi just to pick him up on the cheap and sort of handcuff him to Jaron Jackson Jr. I think that that's a good way to ensure that you've got a good guy at center position um, that will suit that build. He's going to be very strong in, in threes and blocks, um, at least for the short term. And then when Jaron Justin Jr. comes back, you just plug him back in. You don't worry about Sensi losing his value and you drop him. So um, I think, like I said, head and shoulders, PJ Washington is the best guy in that group. The rest of them, I wouldn't be spending a whole bunch of cash, but they are some good guys that are elevated in that kind of a build. So 
Hope that helps you there. Last question for today, guys. This one here is a pretty straightforward one. Capella or Okongwu? Nine category leagues this season. Which side am I on? Um, I'll give you a bit more of a complex answer. I'm on the the Clint Capella side for the first half of the season. I think he'll start and still get 26, 28 minutes a night. But I am of the opinion that Okongwu will take over Clint Capella down the stretch of the season. Does this mean that I'm going to be drafting a Kongu ahead of Capella? No, it does not mean that. I could be wrong. I do believe that Capella will start the season. Um, there's probably like, I'm thinking there's like a 55% chance that a Kongu starts. So I'm, I'm pretty 50-50. I'm close, but I'm more likely thinking that Kongu will start down the stretch. It's just a matter of time and how long can you wait with a Kongu on your roster before that happens. You might be waiting a while. He's good enough that if you're punting points or you're punting threes or or you just need big man stats, that you could stash him and he still provides you a little bit of value even coming off the bench. Um, so I guess you could say that I'm a Kongwu. I, I think he's a better player and I think he will be a better player in fantasy once he gets the minutes. But in terms of drafting in redraft leagues right now, I'm still taking Capella ahead of him. You would see in my rankings that I still have Capella ahead of him. Um, but it's not by much. I don't think it's it's crazy It's crazy far apart. I think that you, you, you do just have to take what you do know. And what we do know right now is Capella will start the season as the starter. Um, but... In saying that, I do think that a Kongu will be starting by the end of the season. Hope that helps you guys. And again, if you have any more questions, submit them over at ballboysnba.com. We will still be doing a bunch of these. Again, look out for the website now. I'll probably be dropping them on that uh, tab in the website at the Q&A tab there. So look out for those ones. I'm thinking that I'm going to be doing these um, once a week on a Friday. Okay, so I'll answer all questions on a Friday. So the next one will be after the first couple of games or first couple of days of games. So get your questions in. Make sure you guys are over all across and follow me on Twitter as well. So I'll be tweeting out things during the game. So they'll be my first instant reactions. And then on these podcasts, if you guys have questions that want to go a bit more in detail, ask me the questions over there. Um, Do it before uh, your... It'll be your Thursday night, so if you do it before your Thursday night, I'll be answering them Friday my time, so it'll be very late Thursday over in the States, and then submitting it Friday morning for you guys over in the US. So make sure you are subscribed if you aren't already. Get it before this weekend so you can get the draft rankings included as well, and then be on the lookout on Twitter. I'll be putting up an option for you guys if you haven't already subscribed to get an in-season subscription for just a, uh, I'm thinking maybe two or three dollars just to get access to the the articles as well as the in-season exclusive Q&A podcast. So that will do it for us today, guys. Again, make sure you guys are subscribed over on YouTube. Very thankful for everyone to get me for 5,000 subscribers. Really, really cool. Give this video a big old thumbs up. Um, tomorrow, we'll be going to talk about preseason, who's been lighting it up, and what we can take out of it. And then we're on to the season, baby. I'll see you guys later. Bye. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, 
but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.